2: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise.
0: Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast with the crossover killer Brian Robb and the step-back master Michael Pina. <laughs> I am Rich what? Levine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a special day. Guys, it is Friday morning. We have a lot to talk about in today's show, but first, I think we do a quick recap of all the Celtics moves at this year's deadline. <laughs> and with that, we will uh, ask you to please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, wherever it is you listen Follow us on Twitter, that's at WinningPlaysPod Shout out to CLNS Media, shout out to BetOnline.ag And guys, uh, B-Rob, you've, you've, you're in Boston, as I sort of teased It was sort of an uh, anticlimactic deadline for the Celtics I guess no one was really expecting anything big, but maybe a little bit more than zero What's the, uh, what's the mood? You were at, at shoot around this morning, Friday morning uh, What's the story?
2: Well, first off, Rich, that was like your best intro ever, I think. Thank you. The, if, but if, if you guys didn't
0: start laughing in the middle, I think it would have
2: been better. But Rich had the jokes. It was good. You had the jokes. The, the perfect summary. Giannis um, is, my mu- is
0: my muse. I want to give him the credit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, fourth straight uh, deadline without a move for the Celtics. And it's not a complete – I mean, I guess I'm more su- – I'm not surprised – but I'm also a little surprised. I'm not surprised when seeing the players that were dealt yesterday that the Celtics clearly didn't get on anything. But I guess I thought there would just be more activity around the the league period. There were very just a few minor deals. But as far as the Celtics go, um, they're very happy right now. I mean, the the players are are had great chemistry, they feel like, amongst themselves. Marcus Smart is was quoted this morning just saying, you know, hey, we you know, we like our team against anyone in the league right now, which is, you know, ambitious, obviously. But it's also a fact of, you know, they had one eight of nine with dealing with a bunch of injuries right now. The, the question marks on the bench that uh, could conceivably have used upgrades, Mike, have been playing a lot better lately, whether it was Grant Williams or Brad Wanamaker or semi just those fringe guys. And so rather than overpay for something, it seems like they just didn't obviously, I mean, the buyout market, we can talk about that later, but there's clearly nothing there to, to push the needle out of when some of the bigger names came off the market here. Yeah. Grant Williams has been playing really great of late. That's, that's good to see. I mean,
1: I, I Marcus Smart has obviously been listening to the winning Plays podcast <laughs> and uh, my opinion in particular, uh, the past couple months I, I've, thought that this team was capable of beating anyone in a seven-game series as as constructed, and I don't really think that they should be worried at all. Uh, I don't think anyone should be concerned. Um, you know, that's not to say that they're the favorite to emerge out of the Eastern Conference, but this team really didn't need to make a, a, a drastic move, and they didn't need to surrender any future assets or move on from a contract like Marcus's. To get a deal done. So I think it's it's good now that the deadline is passed and people can exhale and they know what they have, barring whatever may be uh, added in the buyout market, as you referred to, B-Rob. But I just think this is a really solid team. I did not like the potential names that were out there, really, at the costs that you would have had to pay, such as Clint Capella, even Davis Bertans for Two firsts, which is what Washington was reportedly asking for. So, I, I like it. I, I'm perfectly fine. You know, not really any other teams in the Eastern Conference at the top made any significant moves except Miami. So you know, Toronto stood still. Uh, Indiana basically adds Oladipo back from an injury. They stood still. Uh, the Bucks stood still. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it is what it is, and uh, they should be pretty confident heading down the stretch here.
0: And the only team you didn't mention was Philly, who had a uh, big dog I said, junior. I said, the, yeah, I said the contenders, the good team. Oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, they're not – believe me, Philadelphia is not getting Alec Burke that's been lighting up in Golden State the last couple of months. He's not going to do that in in 15 minutes a night, that's for sure. Um, and and James Ennis is actually like a solid role player on that team, I thought. I mean, not that anyone's really lighting it up, but uh, I, I mean
2: is just a step sideways, like going from Ennis to Glenn Robinson Jr. I mean – I guess you look at it, Rich. I was kind of surprised, and this just might be the the complexion of the league right now, um, and how many teams still have a chance to make the playoffs out west, particularly, and even the East. Like, there's just weren't a lot of sellers out there, and even amongst those sellers, there just weren't a lot of like, you know, twelfth or thirteenth men moved. Period. Um, it, there was more like big name deals than like fringe guys, and. Like Mike pointed out no one else in the east did anything so that just kind of tells me that like teams weren't interested in you know getting a second round pick for a guy uh, that they may or may not like at the bottom of the roster like a, a shooter type or a or a fourth big and those are the conceivably the moves so you don't over you don't overpay for those guys so it's hard to, to quibble with you know it's not like the Southern got outbid bid for anyone they really would have liked here it seems like it's weird. Yeah. No, I was just saying, maybe,
0: maybe it's a matter of, of you know, what everyone says about this year's draft. Maybe, maybe not being that enticing. But you saw two teams, Cleveland, and Atlanta, who were you know in line to probably finish in the top five, you no, know, for the lottery this year. Who made moves to make a run to like the eighth seed in the East for for whatever reason. I mean, granted, they they have their s- sights set on the on the bigger picture. Although, may, at least Atlanta, who knows what Cleveland is doing, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we'll I mean the, the 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 bottom of the of the standings are wide open now.
1: No, exactly. You had a, a a lot of buyers that in normal years are not buyers; they're sellers. As you said, Atlanta, Minnesota also was a team. Sure. Um, you know, they moved on from Covington, but then they made that deal for D'Angelo Russell, which was a, a pretty. I mean, it's not a shock that they were after him, but it was a shock that they completed that. Transaction, um, and then you had just like yeah Washington, a team that would typically be looking to sell someone like Davis Bertans, and then they they but they value uh, you know his bird rights even more than whatever they could have gotten in terms of future assets. So you had the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, the New Orleans Pelicans, all these teams that really weren't trying to actively sell because they want to be competitive next year and they're confident in themselves. So throw the Chicago Bulls in that category as well. So it was a really weird deadline. I wrote an article that said that the headline was basically that the deadline was going to be a dud, and it was not a dud, (laughs) for sure. I mean, there was activity, but it wasn't really relevant activity to the championship frame. I mean, Marcus Morris going from the Knicks to the Clippers is probably the only uh, transaction that I'll look at and say, hmm, that might factor in uh, in May, late May, June, we'll see. But besides that, I, I, there's nothing really that springs to mind, I guess, Covington to the Rockets as well and kind of how, kinda how re- they reshaped their roster in an interesting way. But besides that, there's
0: really – there was nothing. So I, I have a quick question for you, for you Mike, just based on that. I because it's the second time you have of referenced it. And I, I get the sense that you're not very intimidated or uh, psyched about what the Heat did because they're getting a lot of applause. I feel like, and the generally speaking, for for the moves that they made, whether it's Iguodala, we still don't know what he's going to bring to the table, but also bringing Jay Crowder in and getting rid of Waiters, getting rid of Johnson, um, and Winslow really wasn't a factor this year. But you, that you don't really feel like that's going to move the needle much.
1: Uh, I think it. I think they're better for sure. I mean, they slipped defensively down to I think they're 14th in the league now. So you add Iguodala and. I mean it's to be seen what he can provide on that end but he is just this incredibly smart I don't think you lose your intelligence or your insight or anything like that and his championship experience obviously as well um Jay Crowder kind of having a crummy year Solomon Hill's not really moving the needle either way and I don't think he'll be in the rotation but for me when I saw the news that they were going after Gallinari and potentially going to add him in and make it a three-teamer, that's when I thought Miami could have really separated themselves and gone up a level and, and been a competitive team against a team like the Bucks or at least gone to—made a, a run deep enough to the conference finals and maybe even beyond. That's so high I am on the heat in general and just what they have going on for them. But you don't get Gallinari— and there's a little bit of, uh, a, I'm not as confident in their offense. I think in a playoff run without another guy who can create his own shot, and right now I think they just have they just have Jimmy really who can do that. So uh, I think they're they're certainly beatable. Iguodala makes them a little bit better, a little bit more balanced. But uh, you know, adding Gallinari would have been pretty
2: scary if you're a Celtics fan. Sure. Yeah, no no question about that. I actually like what they did more for their, like, for their future. Like, getting off of Waiters and James Johnson without having to give up any picks or any of their, like, prized young guys. Yeah, they still have Kendrick thought, Nunn, Tyler Hero, all exactly. those guys. Exactly. I thought there was no way you could get off that without having to, like, fork over one of those guys. And Winslow, I mean, the, some people really like Winslow. Um <laughs> but he <laughs> 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 me and mike know this but it's a, like he's hey you got, no is maybe, that is is
0: that a personal an inside joke you guys just made what
2: no no i mean go look at my twitter someone okay me and jay kingway added over this deal because i really don't didn't like it um i didn't love it from a Grizzlies' perspective because it's like okay you got winslow whose stock is pretty low right now and you had to take on like 26 million dollars in bad money next year to do it like i just would have if I was the Grizzlies, I would have rather have taken that money into the uh, a free agency market where there aren't a lot of people with cap space or just, like, get uh, another first-round pick or two to rent out that space moving forward. I think Winslow – I mean, Winslow, if he pans out, he could be really good. Yeah, but then just... you have to pay him. Right, exactly. It's not like you don't have – if he was under contract for three or four years, and be like, okay. But you're right. If he, if he pans out, you're going to have to give him another big contract in two years. So it's – I mean we'll see it's a big bet. grizzlies clearly like winslow and it could pan out he's young he works the timeline works with morant and jaron jackson but i thought it was just a lot of money and it just helps with the heat a ton now he could have a max slot this summer uh if they want now which i mean we'll talk about that down the line but that's maybe they're going to be saving it for 2021 for other bigger names but they could be right. a factor in free agency now next year too
0: someone made the point that like all right pat riley whatever you want to say about him he's one of the best basketball minds probably ever eric spolstra has now been one of the best coaches in the nba for at least a decade um they've had justice winslow in their camp every single day for how many years has he been in the league now
2: this is his fourth fourth his fifth Fifth. that's a
0: a, that's a long time to see a guy every single day in practice and how he carries himself they know what they what they have in justice winslow you know what i mean i feel pretty comfortable in their uh and their breakdown of, of what he is and what they're willing to, to, to give up for him. So my hopes aren't super high for him moving forward. And uh, and as you talked about the Heat and sort of their long-term, having Iggy maybe when we were talking 21 to go pitch to Giannis, that, that could be a sure. uh, a benefit as well.
2: Yeah, I thought they, they did very – I mean, I don't think – I agree with Mike in terms of the present. They didn't, I mean, push the needle much. But as far as the future for them, like they helped themselves a lot here with this deal, I feel like.
0: I'll say this B rub. We talked about I think it was on the podcast that it was just you and I. You know, we we broke down who in that two through six slot, like whether it's Indy, Philly, Toronto, or Miami, who would you most want the Celtics to face? And regardless of what happened yesterday, it's still Miami for me.
2: Oh yeah. wow. Really? I Yeah I'm with you there, even though the the Ola figuring back in, not look quite looking right for the Pacers is is uh making them a factor too but it's they've got time they do have time mike what do you think about that you think
0: the indiana would be your uh you're talking about the first round or even the even the second round if it comes down to it just anyone but the three six
2: the three six like the team you don't want to the team you'd like to face the most if you have to be the three seed
1: uh yeah i I think i'm i like miami a lot and their best player is i think they're hmm their best player is the is better than anybody on the pacers and then is he better than anyone on the Celtics probably right uh no that's debatable for sure but i love jimmy butler um and then bam who's just really interesting uh and i might even say i mean i don't want to get sidetracked here but like do you think would you say that you, who on the pacers right now would you take over bam would you take Sabonis? Hmm.
2: I think about playoffs, it. though. I don't know because Sabonis was pretty awful in the playoffs last year. Um, Just getting a on wet. a team. That was It's <laughs> close though, but yeah, you're like right. it is. The Heat now do have more proven playoff guys than the Pacers. Yeah,
1: and plus, like they're the I think they're second best catch and shoot three point shooting team in the league. In terms Mm -hmm. of accuracy, and they have just a ton of guys who create space. So we'll see how Spolstra balances that. I trust him uh, to figure out how you want to, what minutes you want to give to Crowder and who you want to play Iguodala with and all that. But like Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, these guys are really good shooters, and they can go off the bounce a little bit. So that's just a scary team, I think. Uh, In a lot of ways, I I wouldn't be really pumped about playing them. I, I know that it's uh, like it might be foolhardy for me to say Philadelphia, but uh, I'm just not really feeling anything that's going on there. I think their their coach could be gone pretty soon. It's just it's really toxic.
2: How many more losses? They're they're playing Memphis tonight. They're playing Memphis tonight. That that could do it.
1: If you if they get you know if that's a I think that's on the road or is that at home? I I'm not sure, but. Regardless, if they if they lose by double digits to Memphis, it's at home, so that definitely is the case. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean Embiid. I we all I think we talked about this when he hurt his hand, and maybe we can just we'll we'll, we'll slide this into just to talk about what they did at the deadline. But like when he uh, fractured his hand, I just thought he was he would take some time to get back into shape because lord knows he's not running on a treadmill every day (laughs) so he's been out of shape he was awful last night and why Uh,
0: not why isn't he on a treadmill every day that's just not who he is right now i I don't
1: know he said after last night's game in which he played absolutely terrible against the milwaukee bucks that he's not happy playing basketball right now so who knows Mm. um so that's just all really worrisome, and that's not great. No, that's not what you want. So I would. I know it's a it's a while away, and and the NBA can kind of turn
2: on a dime, but the Sixers are just not very scary right now. I'll say that. Well, they got Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson coming in tonight, so <laughs> like, <laughs> look out. I it's and I don't. I mean Alec Burks actually. I think is I. I know the Celtics were in on him, um, but. It was just a matter of
1: I was I was right next to him when he got traded. Were you? When he got was the call. He, was he excited? He was not excited. <laughs> I don't think he I, I don't think he knew where he was going. Uh, but he yeah. yeah, I went up to him to ask him to talk for a story and Yeah, set the scene for this. Was he that, in, that, in at, the locker room? At that, yeah, in the at at Barclays Center. And, and his uh, phone rings? He yeah, he just like looked at his phone, he's like, call on one second, took a call and then uh, uh yeah and then um i was basically just like homer simpsoning and in, into the hedges after a minute <laughs> when i realized what was going on and the whole like mood in the locker room kind of shifted and they got blown out by like 40 points that night cuz right. those two weren't playing um and so yeah that that kind of speaks to a different problem with the trade deadline happening when it when it does but but yeah i i Yeah, those guys have been okay in Golden State and in just, like, inconsequential basketball games, but throwing them into Philadelphia and then just kind of, like, if, like, Elton Brand's just, like, grabbing these guys, they don't really um, change anything, uh, solve any problems, really, in my opinion, and so, you know, you don't. I don't know how aggressive he was trying to move Horford or 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 even you know fielding calls on Tobias or anything that could have really shaken it up because that's what right. they they need and you know putting Matisse Thiebaud on the on the on the block would have been something that I personally think they should have done if they did not that's a mistake because they are in win now mode and it's kind of just a it's it, it, it they're setting Brett Brown up as a fall guy it's it's plain as, plain to see and i'm just yeah again i'm not really
2: scared of the philadelphia 76ers right now it's it is just nuts i mean burks will come in there and josh Richardson will come back and that will help and i mean they're starting shake milton at shooting guard which is a yeah been playing for two months um but at the same time like you're you're playing like a a 31 team on the road um so that that's gonna be an issue when you're Pretty locked into not having home court already in the Eastern Conference, barring a a huge turnaround. So, but yeah, it's like they still don't have a pick and roll guy. They still don't have a point guard or someone who can guard point guards outside of like Richardson. Oh, no, and they waived so, Trey Burke? And they waived, yeah. They waived, uh, I guess they kept the, like Ronald Neto over Trey Burke. Um, but yeah, I mean, Burks would have been, from a Celtics perspective, it would have been interesting to, it would have been a nice thing to have, but it sounds like. The, it was a, just a, a package situation where Golden State wanted to get rid of him and Robinson, and not that the, an extra second-round pick matters, but that means, okay, the Celtics have to waive two guys then or find trades elsewhere for them because Golden State didn't want them. And I'm not sure if those guys are enough of an upgrade to, to waive two guys and give up three second-round picks. Like,
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of guys in this league who, if you give them 30 minutes a night, and carte blanche to shoot on a shitty team can put up really good numbers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, For me, when it comes to Burks, you look, he was 3, three seven, five from three this year. He's gonna ha- that, that's really going to be his benefit to the Sixers, if, if he can do it. But he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much. He's not going to be, be as loose when he shoots these balls. It's going to be a lot of catching and shooting, I imagine. And if he can make that happen, he, he will help them. But I, I don't think you can assume that he's just going to come in and be the guy that he was – in uh, Golden State the last 50 games because that's almost going to be impossible to make that adjustment. Never mind the fact that like every game is so meaningful now when you're playing in basically like exhibition games to this point in Golden State. Yeah, so we all agree that Philadelphia lost the trade deadline? Uh, yes. They're losers, yes. given... The okay, guys, before put... before we get into that, okay, let me just remind... It's crazy. For so long, I was reminding you guys that football was underway, but now I have to say that the footballs might be packed away. But basketball, Ooh. hockey, golf, and yes, you can even bet on the Academy Awards. You can find all the odds with our exclusive sports, bet par- sports book partner, Bet Online. They've been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first two market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. So head over to BetOnline.ag, use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So yeah, uh, winners and losers. The the Seventy Sixers are, are among the losers lose. at this year's the twenty twenty NBA trade deadline. Yeah. Um, one
2: one thing, like just looking before we move on to more winners and losers here, I'm just looking around the the league right now with all the trades that were made yesterday, and like the only other like fringe player that I would even had my eye on, which is just I think just tells you what the market was. Like I mean. I like Jordan McRae going for the, to the nuggets for nothing like for Shabazz, which makes sense. Like that's a, a fringe shooter type, but literally no one else in like the 12th to to 13th man, like kind of fringe roll guy outside of that. He grizzlies deal like got done with like him. I guess Malik Beasley would have been another like shooting boost to the bench, but that was a far, you know, he went for far more. In he's going to be like Alec Burks in golden state. Now he's going to light it up in, in Minnesota. Uh, Right, exactly. Easily. He's kind of he, key. They're gonna have to. He's gonna get a big contract from them. But outside of those guys, there's literally no one in that kind of a a help now shooter role that was was dealt, which is kind of kind of nuts to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think teams, even bad ones, value those guys. We just we already talked about the the Wizards and kind of their situation, and
2: they're three and a half out of the playoffs. Like, they're they're exa- probably yeah, out of the
1: playoffs. Yeah, that's another factor. Um, and also, you know, when you just talk to people around the league, the message that you send by making a trade like that, like trading a, a valuable contributor, if you are a young team or you have a star who's unhappy and you make a move that is, you know, shows no confidence in where you're going for the rest of the season, it's just not a good look in today's league where players just have more say over their futures than ever before so yeah why don't we pivot to just general winners and losers um rich why don't you start and give us a a team that you you were really pumped about what you saw them do who's a winner for you
0: uh well real quick when you're talking about winners and you talked about how much how much uh, much more power players have nowadays i mean when when uh Iguadala did his interview with the undefeated afterwards that seemed to be like that was his lead that he was saying like as a professional i was sent to memphis i didn't want to go there so i proved that you can go and you can not play for the team that you're traded to and good things will happen <laughs> no you can <laughs> and i and granted like it, you, it's a special player i mean it, he's a borderline hall of famer maybe he does make it but like not any player could sit out and make that kind of impact and make that kind of statement and and, and end up getting what they want but that was another instance of you know player power you know so so good for them um so my winner as a team you know my my, my winner when we when we first wrote these down the first thing i wrote down was marcus morris um oh yeah <laughs> Big and time. that's like and you talk about player power he forces he he he, he screws over the spurs leaves Pop in out, out, out in the cold you know it's t- it takes the 15 million dollars with just not only the worst team, but one of the worst franchises in professional sports. Um, sucks it up, plays hard for half a season, and now he's competing for a title. Probably on the best team in the NBA, so that, that that's a big win for Mook. What do you? What, what do you think about it for the Clippers? Uh, certainly an upgrade on 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 Mo Harkless. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, it'll be interesting because you know I, I think Mook obviously is a is a strong personality, and this is a team that you know whether it's Pat Beverly, uh, you know he he seems to have that that. That Marcus Morris role, Uh, if he is all right with just coming off the bench and and doing, I mean, he's been playing with the same caliber players on the Clippers bench that he was with the Knicks starters. But I think if he's comfortable with his role and he's ready to actually compete for a title, I think he's going to start. Is that right? I would be my guess, just looking at their depth chart. So what do we got? It's uh, that's so Kawhi is at four, Paul and George, George and and Mook are like two three. Uh, well, if Harkless was starting, and they ship him out, I would assume that they are
1: gonna put, they're going to put—they're just replacing him with Marcus Morris. No?
0: Yeah, but well, yeah, Harkless, could,
2: Harkless could, was such a non-factor on that team. Was that JerMichael? JerMichael Green could start too, but yeah, like one of those. It, Morris is the the crunch time uh, replacement for sure.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not a seamless fit. I don't think Marcus Morris is ever necessarily a seamless fit, but. Um, i think it's you know when we talk about the movement that the top teams had i mean getting a talent like that you know forget everything else a guy who can score the way that marcus more I mean, he, he can save you some nights and we saw it for the first half of last season in boston you know if there's ever a game especially with the way that you know they, they want to rest Kawhi and and who knows how, how how healthy paul george is going to be for the rest of the regular season like he's a guy that can step in and play that role he's a gamer um
2: he was the one guy who played well in the playoffs for the Celtics. Yeah, I feel he's like. a
1: gamer. He's someone you can count on. And I think uh, uh, a factor here is that you you kept him away from the Lakers, and the Lakers clearly wanted him. So that's a win for you, regardless. Five the and Copics. five
0: in their last ten.
1: I was waiting for that. <laughs> um, B Rob, yes. why don't you give us uh, a winner that that we haven't
2: discussed already? Honestly, the two winners I have. We've like I've Clippers were one, and I think the other one for me is the Heat. Um, oh, just not for the now, but just for the future mm-hmm. with getting rid of those contracts and for not as deep price, in my opinion. I wanna say the Warriors, but I still am too skeptical of like Wiggins to like go that far right now. Um, but I do like the Warriors more than the Wolves in that deal. I have a lot of losers though, so I'm really looking forward to getting to the losers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll put well, the Wolves.
0: Wait. I'll put the Wolves on my winners. Oh, wow. Just more like aesthetically. I mean, things were really, really bad the last... Uh, I mean, what, Cat hasn't won a game since Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. But um, things were really bad. I mean, obviously, Wiggins is Wiggins. I mean, there's a lot of talk over, over whether their coach even deserves deserved to be hired in the first place and hasn't really been been uh, inspiring since he took the job. But now you got Cat's going to be happy. He's got his buddy D'Angelo there. you got you got Malik Beasley, who I think will add some some excitement and like whether or not this changes anything in the long term for Minnesota, I think at least for this year, it writes the ship a little bit and maybe increases the likelihood that they're not going to, you know, screw up the Carl Anthony towns situation the way they have so many situations before. Uh, TBD on that <laughs> yeah. is, my, is my, opinion. It's, be- it's better today than it was yesterday for them. I'll say that that makes them a winner in my book. Perhaps, perhaps. it be short term think, thinking.
1: Yeah. I think that, uh yeah. Let me give my winner first and then we can yeah, kind of circle back maybe. Um I like what the Houston Rockets did. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched Soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched the game against the Lakers the other night when Robert Covington's hard. first game. Mm-hmm. Uh I just I'm just fascinated by what they're doing and how they're going to play and who's going to be on the floor for them. And I I just love the fact that this is, this is like Mike D'Antoni's last hurrah and they've basically emboldened him to do what he's always wanted to do. And it's pretty, it's just cool. And I don't know if it's going to win them the championship, but I do think that their ceiling, this might be their highest, just looking at their roster, how they're playing how Westbrook is playing, uh, and how much better he is in a system like this, I, I can't be overlooked. But I think that their ceiling is debatably higher today than it was during CP's first season when they won sixty six games. That might be incorrect. Uh, you know, defensively, they're not they're not like clamping down right now, and they have some time to try to figure it out and work Covington in and really, I don't know how good they're going to be, especially on the glass. But, you know, if they switch everything on and off the ball and they play with discipline and, you know, they have bodies that are really strong, so they can't get bullied in the post. It's going to be just really interesting to see how they play. I don't know how you defend them. I really, I don't schematically. uh, If you're a lot of the teams in the West uh, in a playoff series, you know, know, without really changing your own identity and what you want to do, like, Rudy Gobert, Jokic, uh, even last night against the Lakers, you know, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard were were neutered, and that that the, those two big lineups are a reason why the Lakers have such a good defense. So uh, I think it's it's awesome that one team is kind of <laughs> being this dramatic with it. And I also was not ever as high on Clint Capella as a lot of other people are. So
0: I, Rockets are a big winner for me you talk about ceiling they also don't have to be don't have to be as good because there's no golden state this year you know a lesser version of that rockets team can win a lesser version of any team can win the title this year because you don't have to deal with that super team in golden state that's fair
2: yeah i mean it's it's going to be fascinating i'm it's i like the fact that they're just committing to it and because especially with capella being hurt this year with like plantar fasciitis so you're probably not getting the best version of him the rest of the year anyway so you know they paid a stiff price for covington they they're clearly all in i don't like you know you still have the westbrook factor in the postseason so he's could easily lose them a series um but the supporting guys around them i do like a lot
0: yeah
2: um losers losers
0: okay i have a lot Okay. Where do you... we'll,
1: we'll, 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 well, well, Hold on. Let, let, let's let Rich go first.
0: No, no. Okay. I actually want Rap to give one. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: I have a lot of individual man. losers.
0: Not really much on the team. Dude, front. Team. Yeah.
2: Do you have to? How many do I have to? Well, I'll give one now, and then I'll give my others after you guys talk about yours. Okay. Uh, so I don't repeat. Uh, the Kings. Yeah. The Kings. I. Uh, it's. I mean, it's like a default loser, but it's just. Classic kings of signing a guy to a big over-paid uh, contract in Dedman, uh, and then literally four months later, paying using two second-round picks to get re- just a salary dump them in order to pay a guy that you didn't, you know, plan out your payroll for. Uh, before the year it's just and you're literally getting nothing back getting jabari parker and Alex Len like two pretty worthless pieces back for him it's it's classic sacrament i i still don't know how devage has like still has his job and the guy who had them playing well last year doesn't have a job anymore so um it's it's nuts
0: aren't aren't parker and len more valuable than Dwayne deadman
2: yeah but they're expiring contracts well I, I, i don't think parker has any i mean parker has a player option
1: Parker's got like a six million player option that we'll see if he picks that up. I don't right. know.
2: Right. I mean, he might. He might pick it up, but he might. He's he hasn't been. I mean, he's sucked too. Yep. Uh, it's just suck for suck, generally in that <laughs> deal, which is kind of the the model of this. Tra- a lot of these trades was just you know suck for suck. This uh, I do re- I do respect them suck.
0: making the mistake and signing Denman and just acting on it and getting like a little bit. Because we were talking that maybe Len would help the Celtics a little bit. Like he's not a total stiff. He's he's close, but he's not a total stiff. And and Jabari can give you a couple months if he's if he's got some money on the other end
2: of it. Right, but Sac- like Sacramento's season's over already. Like they're six games out of the playoffs. Like I, I agree with you, Rich. Like they Len could help the Celtics if because they have meaningful basketball upcoming. The Kings don't.
1: Plus, uh, oh. Buddy Hield coming off the bench, six straight games just want to throw that out there the guy that they just paid that There's, big contract do extension to
2: yeah um so that's all right let's uh rich your next loser uh i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: put Derek rose on my list because not only did he not mm. get traded to a to a contender uh like we suggested he might but now he is on the probably the most depressing team in the nba
2: it's up there
0: <laughs> he's been left with nothing that's a, it's a, t- a tough break for, for, for D Rose. And it'd be interesting to see how, how he handles it. Maybe like he just goes totally off and narrowages just like 30 points a game right. For the, d- d- down the stretch. That could be a little fun to watch, but for a guy that I kind of wanted to see, maybe get a chance uh, to relive some of his glory and to, to play for, for a good team. It's, too bad. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Drummond. I guess we could put... I don't know what we want. I could just put the Pistons, I guess, on on the losers too. Um, That's going to
1: be what I'd say. So we can just talk... I guess we'll just talk about the Pistons right now.
0: Well, so so they essentially... That whole
2: deal is a loser. What's that? (laughs) That whole deal is a loser.
0: Right. So the Pistons gave gave up on him because they were afraid that Drummond was going to opt in next year. Yes. And they don't want to pay him. uh, So now they don't have to, which is better than... Is that better than what the Cavs did, like giving himself a worse draft pick for uh, a couple of months of Andre Drummond? Uh, I don't really. I I honestly am just a little
1: perplexed by what the Cavs are doing. I guess like maybe they. I, they, I guess they anticipate they're not going to extend Tristan Thompson. Would be my guess, and then maybe you're fine if Andre Drummond's Ops in or i don't i don't really know to be honest i don't i don't really get it uh for <laughs> from their perspective but like the calves aren't really doing anything anyway so whatever but the pistons to me is just like you don't move luke Kennard. you couldn't get anything for luke canard when you wanted to shop you were shopping him you get nothing for Derek rose and maybe your asking price was too high but you never came down from it because you want to be competitive next season but at the same time you have your general manager going in front of the media saying that you want to rebuild now so that's how you rebuild you trade derrick rose i don't know what to tell you and then this is how is this really the the best they could do i just I, i have a really hard time believing that brandon knight john henson and a second round pick um in 2023 i think yes uh, so literally
2: nothing. They it, got nothing. It's
1: incredible. I mean, this guy was your franchise player. He was the face of your franchise for what, like the past six or seven years. And mm-hmm. look, like you were terrible throughout that entire time. I don't think Andre Drummond won a playoff game. Has won a playoff game in his career? Uh, but, Leading rebounder
2: in the league. Yeah. For whatever but, that's worth.
1: Yeah, but. It's just horrendous, and it may, maybe they're actually going to be serious about this rebuild and try to you know re-sign or extend Canard uh, at, at, at a as as team friendly a deal as possible, and then you've got some other young pieces that are nice, but like no one wanted Tony Snell, no, like I, no one wanted Markeith Morris just like to even get a second. For him, I just I, I just don't under, really understand what what they were doing here, and they're a humongous loser to me.
0: <laughs> Only 26 years old, too, Andre Drummond.
2: It feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. But it's This is his eighth year? Yeah. But that's, uh, I, I mean, it's just that whole deal is was loser. I mean, everyone involved in that deal, um, it's just too sad teams that have nothing going for it in the future. I guess, like, yeah, if Cleveland gets the hey, we'll try a flawed player of a couple young guards and see what happens. Um, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, yeah, so those were my two other losers. I, there's nothing. I mean, I'm not crazy about the Hawks taking on $30 million at the center position. Um, but they, they got Scal... They got Scout, Deadman and Capella so that's yeah. like but at the same time it's like well they need to spend that money anyway and their defense is complete uh, dog shit So <laughs> at least you have What you are they going to do with anchors.
1: uh Collins though? I don't know. I'm fascinated I mean, by that extension negotiation because he, like I don't know what the mood is there with like are they do you think they're pissed at him? Well, did oh,
2: wow. you watch the Hawks Celtics game on Monday night? I did Mike? not. I did not. No. So I I watched Collins a little more closely after those like the whispers came out about him. Grant Williams like bullied his ass on yeah. I didn't realize how bad Collins was on defense. I guess. Like I figured, oh yeah, he's an offensive Mike, and you see the alley Oops in the role and you're like and he's at 3s so you're like, Oh shit, this guy can this guy can play. But he was Bullied by a rookie. And, I mean, Grant Williams is a strong player and has been playing well, but, like, that kind of, like, took me off guard of, like, whoa, this is why Atlanta's defense is so bad because this guy cannot, you know, doesn't. he's he's small anyway. He doesn't have much muscle, and, and well, it's clear. Yeah, he's, a four. I would, I'd, he's definitely I'd be not a hesitant, five. Right. He's definitely not a five for sure, but even a four, like, he can be bullied as, you know, I mean, Grant Williams is, like, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and was, like, kicking the crap out of Collins. So, I would be. I, I that makes sense to me from a Atlanta's perspective. Like, if you already have a guy in Trey Young who doesn't who struggles so much on defense anyway, to commit big money to a second guy like that who also doesn't give you anything on that end of the floor, like I would definitely be testing the market for him too.
0: Hmm.
2: Obviously, yeah. there wasn't much out there. <laughs> no, and then I mean I don't know. I I was
1: like this is just this just gets into like the difficulty of knowing when to sell on your own guys because his value last year was like through the roof sure and so now it's obviously not um and i don't know there were some rumors that teams were interested in kind of poking around for him but like after the suspension and yeah how the team Maybe that's was why he was trying him. to bulk up exactly I, <laughs> exactly so yeah so it could be and and mean, <laughs> right <laughs> no that's I,
0: very fair uh so yeah um and we'll I, see I, once and like what is, is capella is he gonna play He's, he'll, he'll be he'll eventually be be back yeah right? they will play eventually this year yeah so He's we'll see how he can do them. with it with a with the center that can you know take a little bit more of the defensive load and maybe that'll you know by association or just the trickle down effect, you know, make him a little bit tougher. He won't have to deal quite as much with the with the toughest guys, but uh yeah, definitely something to look, to look out for. I would take a flyer on him. I don't even know if you caught a flyer at this point, but Who Collins? I, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it Would you've given up the Memphis pick for around. him? What's that? Would you have given up the
2: Memphis pick for him?
0: Oh, yes, in a second. Yeah. I mean, think about what 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 we people were saying about Jalen Brown last year. You know, never that he wasn't tough, but like, you know, it, it, it's sort of just the uh the way it goes. It's like a roller coaster. You 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 get really high and then the the expectations get set too high, then they get then the expectations get set too low, and then eventually you settle into who you really are. And I have a feeling that Collins will settle into something that's pretty awesome when it's all said and done. But I, I feel the the criticism right now. I understand it. There was a time
1: at the beginning of the year when it was it was like a toss up with who would you rather have Bam
0: or Collins. So Oof. Yeah. His <laughs> yeah. stock is really really fallen um and bam might be on a little bit of one of those upticks right now
1: you know what i mean bam is great do not say anything bad about him please same age <laughs>
2: i know bam's bam is
1: terrific he's incredible um
2: uh, so to so end with or do you have anything else i was gonna say we could end with a couple minutes on the the buyout market here if we wanted uh yeah let's do us. it um
0: there's one name that matters to me on the buyout market and it's michael p and his favorite brandon knight <laughs> no, but it was the same conversation that we talked about, Tristan? Brandon Knight. Tristan Thompson. I think he's I think he's who the Celtics need. He's not getting bought out though. You don't think so? All reports are
1: that he's not getting bought out. Hmm. Is that posturing by the Cavs?
2: I mean what is there to posture about? Like how much money are you gonna give us back, Tristan? How much do you want to go play for a contender? Mm. Give us four million back, five million?
1: i mean if i'm tristan i already have a ring i'll just be like no just give me my 18 million and then i'll be a free agent and i don't know what mm-hmm. how much what your that leverage is it. if you're cleveland right. um yeah.
2: it might be as simple as that you're right like um there's one other name that i'm very intrigued by Brandon that that's I... marvin marvin williams
0: hmm.
2: who i was kind of surprised was not dealt but he just makes a lot of money so it's tough to make the money work there um but as far as an offensive upgrade over Ogilvy, um, sign me up for for that if he's available.
1: I heard his name a little bit. Um, I think Utah might be interested if he is bought out, and it'll just be kind of interesting to see. I mean, he has a
2: history there, right? Because um, they could give him a role here. Like they could, he could play twenty minutes a night for this team. Yeah, he night. would have
1: a role in Utah, I think too yeah Um, that's true and both are i think you know pseudo contenders or contenders or whatever you want to call them so he played for utah for a bit didn't he yeah that's what he said
0: oh yeah what are you not paying attention (laughs) no i was i was was googling (laughs) marvin
2: williams (laughs) you know it'd be good to have tristan thompson go for him
1: yeah, Marvin Williams is a good call. I mean, yeah, he's a stretch forward, knows his role, like one of the best. Have you ever talked to him, B. Robber? Have you guys ever?
2: Not in depth, but I've. His, I feel like I've read your stuff with him, and it's always been insightful.
1: He's, been, yeah, he's such a joy to talk to. Um, Interesting career. Yeah, he was drafted ahead of Chris Paul,
0: correct? Yeah, and Deron Williams? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that pretty much is it that's that, that's that's the yeah. entire interesting <laughs> aspect
2: does, does Wayne Ellington have anything left he played he was a he, useful
0: he, player last year he played well last night against
1: the Magic
2: right like I feel like that's a guy that again on a terrible team like that with limited minutes his, his numbers are garbage this year but I would not mind, I would cut someone for him I think if I'm Danny Ainge if he comes available since he could just be a good you have to respect Wayne Ellington as a shooter I feel like uh if you're a defense yeah or at least you used to
1: tough to uh, get him minutes defend for the on the defensive end but in a playoff series but yeah he's one of those guys he'll zoom off screens um and like bend the defense a little bit and he can hit shots in really tight spaces and he's i think he's still okay he's not I don't think he he is what he was when he was on the heat that year where he was just like blowing it up right um but it's tough to know when you're on the knicks to be honest like it's just such a terrible environment with people who don't know how to pass and no structure and I could go on forever with terrible things to
0: say about them a lot of other examples for teams for Ellington Celtics would be his 10th team it's kind of crazy yeah he's been all over the place um, I mean, that's the uh,
1: honestly like uh, that Philadelphia like he's the facility facility simile of JJ Reddick that they've been really missing, or even Marco Bellinelli from a few years ago. Uh, like the the Glenn Robinson again, the Glenn Robinson burks thing. I just don't think is you're kind of just looking at the three point percentage and thinking that they're going to be good, but I'm I'm lower on that than I think
0: they must be. It's a whole different it's a whole different <laughs> mindset, you know yeah really
2: would you guys bring in et for morale purposes yes if you're
1: you'd be pumped about that wouldn't you your whole the whole celtics media contingent
2: that that would be like you know a buzzer beater win for the media locker room i play
0: et over brad wanamaker Uh
1: uh-oh
2: i i would like to have the option of doing that i wouldn't do it necessarily (laughs) But I think it's someone that clearly Brad Stevens trusts him. Um, he played big playoff minutes last year. He wasn't necessarily good in those minutes, but at least he like if someone he gets a hurt, it'd be nice. he had a moment. he had a moment. You know, game seven in Denver, he played very well. I feel like it's just you know, it's a if someone gets hurt, it'd be nice to like have him. I feel like around um, if if you're healthy, I don't think he's he's really playing uh, at all in the playoffs. Him
1: and Grant Williams should have a podcast. That would be terrific. oh yeah
2: yeah that would be great
1: a lot of good person. that would be a really underrated personality team with Cantor Grant
2: Williams Evan Turner a lot of life yeah that would be fun Um, quick hitter other names before we wrap up here yes or no on these guys uh, Dion Waiters nope <laughs> uh, Trey Burke
1: uh,
0: probably not yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I I don't know what he what he would do. Would he even play? He'd just be there.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you're you you're probably not playing over a want maker. He'd be solid for like
0: game eighty one and eighty two if like the seating's already set. You know, you just want to like the the Oliver Lafayette.
2: Uh, oh wow, what a pull! Thank uh, you. Tyler Johnson. Hmm. I actually like. I used to like him a lot. He obviously has been hurt. But he's kind of a he's a feisty defender. I don't know if the injuries have kind of taken that out of his game now. But I always liked him a lot with the Heat. He's still only twenty seven. Um, kind of on the outs. He might not get bought out anyway. But Phoenix is he's been out of the rotation in Phoenix, so I'm curious what's going to happen with him. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I from what I've seen
1: watching Phoenix this year, he. I mean, he doesn't really play a ton in their rotation and. It's tough to say what he could, could or couldn't do. Uh, my guess is that his best days are way behind him, but he is not like super old or anything. Uh, and he, back in the day, he used to kill the Celtics when he was on the oh, Heat. Yeah.
2: Celtics liked him a lot. They almost they tried to sign him. I think. Yeah, um, made
0: behind. nineteen million dollars last year.
2: It, yeah. it
1: is uh, yeah that the contract is everywhere. poison pill. It's what a world! What a it's a symbol of the summer of twenty sixteen. <laughs> That's
2: basically what he is. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep monitoring the the buyout market as things play out. A lot of a lot of guys that may or may not get bought out here in the next few weeks. So,
0: I have uh, one more last question for you guys before we go. Do you know how many minutes Giannis is averaging this season? Thirty-one. What's your guess, Biro? Thirty.
2: Thirty. Yeah, it's it's like thirty
0: point two or something. Something in the thirties. That's unbe- thirty-two. Yeah, that's unbelievable. It's that's scary. It's, oh, thirty point eight. There it is. You a regular at, season machine uh but i mean a regular season machine but conserving him pretty well for the for the postseason oh yeah you know that's uh, and his, and the numbers are better than ever it's just a, i heard jackie mack talking about that the other day and it kind of blew my mind but i'll say that there are no celtics in the top 30 in minutes played per game this season which on the same same note is a little bit uh encouraging in terms of when we talk about the long-term uh know how, how healthy and spry that might be come the playoffs
1: yeah it's interesting real quick like there haven't been a lot of games where everybody is healthy but i just wonder how much of that is them weighing uh you know uh, trying to sustain or build chemistry and continuity versus keeping everybody fresh like if it was the playoffs would they play on nights where they were questionable and sat guys like Tatum and Jalen and Kemba sure. even? Um, so it's it uh, does, yeah, I think it is definitely a calculated move to keep everybody as fresh as possible.
0: It does seem like every injury takes like another game or two more than you than you thought it would. <laughs> and I wonder if that's like strategic on their part. But yeah, the NBA, we'll just see.
1: please shorten the regular season. Like,
2: what are we even doing? <laughs> it's so stupid.
0: By a lot, it would be so much more interesting.
2: Yep need those dollars Mm. money talks all right well that's it for us for this week uh we will be back with you guys one last time next week before the all-star break hits and we'll see a look at maybe this team actually gets healthy for uh in time for a, a showdown of the clippers next week on thursday night we'll see